With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Tennis.com podcast, and here's your host, Ed McGrogan. Hey everyone, uh, welcome to the podcast. It's just a two-man effort today, David Rosenberg and myself, Ed McGrogan. This is the this is the What Happens When Too Many People Ask for Friday Off <laughs> podcast. Um, so uh, actually, Steve is up in uh, Toronto. You can read some of his stuff on the website. So it's just David and I today. Um, actually... I was looking at the news headlines yesterday, David, and uh, there's a couple things that stuck out. One was, I don't know if it stuck out for the right reason, but it was, <laughs> but it was the uh, announcement that the Williams sisters said that they'll be around and are committing allegedly to play in the Fed Cup final in November. Um, I think we've kind of heard this before. I don't know what you thought about that when you first saw it. Actually, I know what you thought about yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. Again, we we talked about this a little bit when the announcements for the Hopman Cup teams came out, and it's interesting in tennis how they announce these things so early. And um, I mean, obviously, the Williams sisters have a history of committing and then pulling out. In fact, it even happened happened last year. So you know, Venus didn't commit, but Serena had committed and then pulled out while she was still playing the Urine Championships. <laughs> so, yeah, they, they, it all came. It all comes down to the wire, miraculously, too. In the, in the yeah, end, and it yeah. never gets resolved. It's strange, you know. I mean, I I don't know. I don't know why they they bother committing so early. Um, I mean, it will be in California. It'll so be, it'll be in the states. Yeah. So that helps a little bit. Um, you know, I feel like there's a little more chance. I would put. I would put a higher chance for that. If it were going to be out of the country, I think there would be, you know, a very small chance that they yeah. would have done it. So that that is one thing. I mean, but, you know, there's so much to be played still. I mean, they've, they've hardly played at all. I mean, you figure since Wimbledon, Serena's not going to play at all until the U.S. Open, if she even plays. Venus might, she's supposed to play Montreal, but mm-hmm. who knows if that's going to happen. I mean, it's hard to even predict what's going to happen with them Within a month, I can't. Yeah, I can't down, imagine. You know, going four months down the road. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I feel you know, and then it's the team that got them there. I mean, I'm sure people are going to be talking about that. You know, should Melanie and Bethany? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Was I mean that that argument comes up a lot? Is that is should the team that got the U.S. there represent the team in the end? And, and I think most people probably would say. Absolutely, that's just it's just fair. That's that's how it works out. I, I think what I have written about before is I'd like to see a team sort of named in the start of the year, so there's no real confusion. Then you just go forward. That's who the roster is. But but that's tough to do also with injuries and everything and all that. But you know, saying that I I don't think that they uh, it it might be less of an issue this time around because 
Melanie Melanie has been playing awful of late. Yeah. And um and so and you know we haven't seen I, I can't remember the last time I watched Maddox play, but but suffice to say the Williams sisters are always going to be better options than those two, but they might be far the US could get embarrassed in the final at home if they didn't have them too so that would be a worst case scenario for the USCA yeah they could I, I mean again this is like the old debate about the Fed Cup and, and you know back in the day or okay let's say the 80s you know it was over one week and they all played and, and it made sense you still had all the players showing up I mean there was of course there's Martinez famous homecoming to, to you know to Prague you used to get all the players would show up and, you know, maybe if they do it for that week, I mean, again, this goes back and forth over and over again, but that seems to be a logical way of, of solving this. The Fed Cup, you know, could use something different at this point and to have it for a long year. I mean, the final is not going to be until what, November? I mean, it yep. seems like it seems kind of crazy, but if, how could how could you turn away Venus and Serena if they are going to play? I mean, that, that yeah. just seems, how, Mary Jo Fernandez would be completely yeah, insane. Just, yeah, to, to turn do them down for Melanie and, and Bethany. But, um, you know, we'll see if it happens. I hope it happens. You know, I'm, I'm going to try to be optimistic, but yeah, it sh- it, I would be shocked. Yeah, I mean, there's – it would be – I would I feel the same way. And, you know, the U.S. doesn't – like I said, doesn't have much to fall back on. Like we were watching – you and I were talking about Christina McHale. She was just um, – her, her match with Kleisers in um, – we're there right now. Uh, oh, Cincinnati. Yeah. That was just done yesterday, and that was just a route. Um, uh, she actually had a nice one. I think she beat Petrova to get there, but she was... Heat illness. Petrova retired yeah. with heat illness, I mean, which who knows Who knows what that means. Yeah, that's, exactly. that's a good point. Uh, it's hard to say. I mean, it's hard to say. I, you know, I don't know. If, it almost sometimes feels to me like the, the U.S. is sort of skipping this generation. Yeah, I... I, I I was at a thing with with um, Chris Everett a couple months ago, and they actually more or less kind of admitted that that they've that this this age group of players right around where Udan and them are, those are maybe that's about it. That's really and you know you know they've had a couple nice moments, but they're really kind of looking to the generation below them, like the fifteen and unders. And I'm not tornado and yeah. hurricane. Yeah, I mean yeah, it, it seems it seems that way. I mean, you know. We'll see. I mean, anything can happen. People can mature a little bit later, and we're seeing that on the women's tour. Women are are maturing later and and doing better. So you know, if it's hard to say sometimes, if it's a sixteen year old, seventeen year old, maybe they these days they have more time. Maybe yeah. they will improve, and and we'll see someone. You know, it. I, I'm waiting for someone from that generation, from any country, to step up at this point. You know, I mean, even I watched Wozniacki lose to Bartoli yesterday, and. You know, they were saying, here's, here's a woman who's been ranked number two. She's, I think she's currently ranked number three. And she just looked completely out of sorts. She got thrashed by Bartoli. And yeah. it, so it's hard to say right now. Who, she, who's up there? she did have, she was, in her, in her defense, I will say, she had that, she came from Denmark the week before. That's, True. That's tricky. But about that, um, Yankovic, the top seed, lost as, the same day. And that, that tournament's, I think there's barely any. I think Kleisters might be one of the few top top She's the players. Only top to ten really, player left. Yeah, yeah, and that's the first tournament of of great note after the Open. This isn't like Cincinnati and the men's side where they're already gone to Toronto. Some players might really be feeling it after a, a long run there. This is like the first um, premier event, and you know, I guess you know the Williams sisters' omissions. That's kind of what happens, but. 
don't know. It, it's well, it's, you know, I feel like if you're going to be ranked that high, I understand about Wozniacki. She won, you know, she did win, and then she came there. But you know, all right, you got to you got to learn how to win back to back. I mean, even someone like Venus in the spring when she plays that Dubai Acap- to Acapulco, Acapulco swing, yeah. and she does win it. Yeah, you're right. She's won in the past couple of years. So, yeah. and that's complete surface change, everything. And I feel if you are going to be ranked that high, you know, come on, you got you got to show yeah. up a little bit more than that. I mean, it's. You know, I don't know. I yeah, think she could have done better. I guess, yeah, I guess one thing that the WTA is going for is that its veteran players are still, for better or worse, still carrying the load a lot. And there may be, you know, let's just, like, here's a good example right now where Venus and Serena aren't in the picture, and this is kind of the what you have here. You know, and most of the time they're still carrying the load. And, and Kleister's, I, I still, you know, she's had an up and down year, but she's still, she won Miami and everything. And, so the veterans are still earning their keep there and doing well. Yeah, I mean, it seems right now, so far this summer season has been fu- been very funny because either you win and then you lose in the first round. You know, they, yeah. each one is won and then lost right away. And but um, it's you know we'll we'll see what happens going with the U.S. Open coming up. I mean, right now it really is. It's it really open. it's it's a, wide open. I mean, the two best players right now. I w- we were saying before. I mean, really in the summer series have been Sharapova and Bartoli. Yeah. Are playing, and then, you know, they both lost to Azarenka, who then lost to Ivanovich. So you know, it's a, it's kind of fascinating to see to see what's going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, there was there was one other note I saw too um, that caught my eye a little bit. It was um, Roger Federer in an interview. I believe it was at the BBC, um, but it was reported by the Associated Press and a bunch of other wires that he sort of set a, a number, a realistic number of he could he could see him reaching 20 grand slam titles um before it's all said and done and i i actually kind of like the statement I, I don't know if it was i can't say for sure that you know the direct connotation of it without being there but but it but it definitely indicated that he you know could see that as something that he could reach and all and i i kind of liked it for the sense that with a guy who has reached every goal in you know possible in tennis there's I think you need some goals to set and maybe like, you know, whether this is something that he, you know, can, could achieve or not. It's nice to have a goal in mind and going down the road. Um, he's got 16 at the moment. Um, 20 is kind of a cool number, I guess. A couple people have reached te- past 10. So, I mean, that would certainly put him past, you know, more elite company. But I don't know. I, I thought it was a nice yeah, thing you said, actually. It's refreshing in a way. I feel like it's hard to get them. It's hard to get any player to to admit any sort of goal like that you know they always tend to keep it really loose and you know oh if, can you imagine yourself playing in five years and they, they sort of put caps on things but they're they tend to be really loose it seems so to hear someone actually say i'd like to have 20 or when i have yeah. 20 it, it is kind yeah. of refreshing yeah i was i was thinking about them with a the number after i i, I kind of put the over under for rogers title <laughs> grand slam i i go two and a half actually the rest of his career <laughs> i i i could you know, I could see he t- he just turned twenty nine a couple days ago, um, and he's got a you know one more shot left this year. But he's got a f- he's got he certainly has a, a good number of years left. I don't know how many of those years you would say for sure are in that top f- top top tier. I mean, it, it, I don't know if he's a I don't know if he could wind down sort of like Sampras and become. I mean, when Sampras won the Open in his last term, I think he was maybe like a thirteen. C- he was. He was. Yeah, he was far down. He, yeah. he hadn't won anything. I mean, he he yeah, had gone he on a really. He had just lost even in you know the week before, I believe, and um, so it is. 
I mean, where where would you see Federer collecting those? I mean, do you see? Do you think I, he I could think win any more French? Is that is no? That out I, of it? I, I think French is out of the question actually, yeah. just because of the. I think the. I think for a couple of reasons. I think the mobility kind of catches up as just younger, faster players. But also, you know, when the past few years you've seen Soderling and, well, Soderling did it to Nadal and Federer, just Guy and Del Potro nearly beat Federer a couple of years ago. The clay just gives these big hitters who are moving very well. They're big guys, but they're still moving very well. It's kind of like a little oxymoron. But they're, they have more time to really take some licks into the ball and also kind of slows – Federer shots down a bit, and Federer shots really by the, are are actually you know these guys are out hitting him in the past few years. Birch is the Soderlings, the uh, you know, yeah. it's such. So I think if he was to make a run of if he wants to collect you know his titles, I think he has to do it at Wimbledon. He has to get a good majority of them there. But um, you know it's it, it's unclear whether Roger will re will return to that peak there because we saw not only did he have the uh the loss to Burdich he also lost Holly for the first time last year so yeah I think I think next year's Wimbledon is actually kind of telling for him and then I think the hard courts he's always going to be a factor I mean I don't you can't write him off I, I think I think the French is out of the question but everything else is sort of fair game all right I, I I'm I would say he might might get two more but I think it's sort of I don't know that that loss at Wimbledon this year really kind of struck me as sort of a turning point but you know yeah. everyone thought i don't think anyone thought sampras was going to get another one either and that's why i'm sort of thinking one or two but yeah you know, four would be kind of that's why interesting. that's kind of what i put the, yeah. the handicap there <laughs> it, i mean he, I, I asked a friend of mine uh up in great upstate new york of course mm-hmm. who, who follows along he's he put him at three and uh, but so I, I think that's kind of general consensus but yeah. you know we'll see down the road there's there's a lot to be played so sure any any parting thoughts at all before the uh, um, before, before we get out of here? <laughs> I think that's about it for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, check out the site for um, like I said, Toronto coverage this weekend. Steve Tegner will be up there. Um, and uh, until next week, uh, we'll. I think you're actually. On the, I think I'm the only one here next week. It yeah, could, I'm out. could be a solo effort here in the studio. Who knows? Um, for David Rosenberg, thank you. I'm Ed McGrogan, and uh, talk soon. Bye. You've been enjoying Tennis.com's weekly podcast. Thanks for listening. For all the latest news and events, head over to Tennis.com.